0: at the Macarius Avenue. 1 Peter 1, 22. Are we there? It says, Seeing ye have purified your souls, because we purify the soul." it says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart word, Ah, it looks like only two people are here. With a pure heart word, It says, seeing you have purified your soul. Hallelujah. It means that the soul has been purified. And anytime the soul is purified, it helps for the heart to be purified. Because it is the impurities of the soul that enters into the spirit. And when it enters into the spirit, it is uh, which way can I use? It is established, and it becomes very difficult, and that becomes part of the person's personality. So we have to guard. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty. It said, "Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it the heart there is the spirit. For out of it comes the issues of life." So as you read the Bible, you see the word heart. It's always talking about your spirit. He's not talking about the physical heart. He's talking about your spirit. So he's saying that seeing you have purified your souls in obeying truth through the spirit. Hallelujah. Because we said that the soul can only be purified through the spirit. Then he says, seeing that you have done this thing. He said, now let us uh, uh, love the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently it means that with a pure heart only can we love the brethren because if the heart is full of impurity loving the brethren will become very difficult now loving the brethren is one of the most important things in the kingdom and god sees it on a very high level that is why love is not only in marriage now i got to explain some things marriage is not so much of a big deal as christians have made it if marriage was a big deal jesus would have married marriage is just an earthly thing a vehicle so that it can help you to fulfill god's plan and purposes for your life but now preachers have made marriage a big deal everywhere you tune people are preaching about marriage and marriage marriage the only thing that is exclusive to marriage is sex apart from sex everything else that you have to do to your wife or to your husband you have to do it to their brethren if god says you should submit submission is not exclusive to marriage submission is, is is for all levels of authority so as long as you are having a boss you're supposed to submit to your boss If you are in a country, you are supposed to submit to the laws of that country and the authorities of that country. That is why you can see somebody is submitted to the boss but not submitted to the husband. Or submitted to the husband but not submitted to the boss. Or submitted to the husband and the boss but not subjected to the laws of the nation. He doesn't respect the police. He doesn't respect other people that are in high authority. Is somebody hearing me? If you believe what I'm saying, clap your hands. The where marital problem can be solved is that if both parties can live like christians we'll not have problems we are having problems because both of us are not living like christians so everything else apart from says is not exclusive to the marriage so the one who knows how to love the brethren can also love his wife because the wife is part of the brethren am i am i teaching god so that we don't, we don't separate the, the love, love your wife, submit to your husband. When he says that, it's because people were submitting in church and were not submitted to their husband. So Paul says that you must submit to your own husband. Because people were submitted to other people's husbands, their bosses, and they are not submitted in, the, in, the, in their homes. If your boss shouts at you and you say yes sir, you can't say yes sir at home. It's the same thing. The same thing in church. If you go to work and your boss says, sit down. And you come to say, sit down you get offended. You don't understand submission. Submission is holistic. And love is also holistic. If you can love the brethren in the house, the same way you have to love your wife also in the house. And when we understand these things, I don't think that we all have marital problems. If not, a pastor will leave the real doctrine and all he would do is to seclude the doctrine of Christ into marriage. And everything, we'll just be talking about marriage is like this, marriage is like this. And people form a whole ministry of marriage. And marriage is not a ministry. Because marriage is an earthly thing. It will end here. If it was very much important, we will, not, we will continue it in heaven. So one day, one guy loves so much about marriage. He asked Jesus. Jesus. This marriage thing is sweet. We will continue that in heaven. And Jesus said, no. In the heaven, we will be like the angels. No one is given to marriage. And no one will also go and take somebody for marriage. Because we shall all be like angels. Yes. Clap your hands unto God. That is why, if you want to love the brethren, love the brethren. God to love the brethren. God to love. So marriage was an example. To show us the real deal. So he said, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Because the church is the real deal. Love, submit to your husband as what? As the church is. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Submit to your husband as what? The church is submitted to Christ. Because Christ is the real deal. So he said that the marriage should look up to this. And Paul said, this is a mystery. If Paul, who had this revelation, if he knew that that was there, Paul would have married two guys who got this thing, Paul and Jesus. And they finished the assignment. Many people may not finish the assignment because of marriage. If you if you are 30, you are a lady, you are 30, 32, you are not married. You are not losing. You are not losing in life. The only thing you are losing is sex. But in life, you are not losing. So that the society doesn't give us pressure. This is not my message, but I feel like I have to come inside. So the puttahitah don't give you pressure. You got to marry. And people look down on people who are not married. And they say you are 35 It's because of your character that you go got married. There are people that are married that have very worse character. It's only because they are just managing it in the marriage. And there are many good ladies who are not married. It's not because they are bad. It's because probably things have not fallen in place for them at the time. And it doesn't make them bad. So don't look, especially young, don't look down on yourself and say, hey, I got to get married because that marriage can lead you to hell. I will explain it. Because of the impurities of the spirit. is somebody here. So look at someone and say, oh, you can't look at my wife. So don't do that. Look at someone and say, marriage is not a big deal, man. That is why you see, there's too much pressure in the church, especially living in the church. People are doing it outside. And in the church too, we are giving people pressure. Why are you 40? You are not married. Why are you this? You are not married. The only reason why we'll give you pressure because we are realized that you are deceiving the young ladies. So instead of you to marry, you deceive this one, deceive them. We'll call you and say, hey, marry. Clap your hands for God. <clears throat> Am I helping somebody? So he said that love one another with a pure heart. Their heart must be pure. If the heart is not pure, the love is fake. So we don't have to love the brethren by just saying, oh, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. And we come to church. I love you with the love of the Lord. and we can hold our hand. I can see the glory of the Lord. And we finish and we hate one another. And I'll show you. Let's go. Have I helped somebody? Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. I need volume on my microphone, please. I don't have to be saying this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Jesus put it very simple. Blessed are the... Oh, I didn't hear that. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall... It means that if a person wants to experience God, the word see there means you experience the dimensions of God. Anybody who, who wants to experience God's dimensions and love has to learn to be pure in heart. It's a blessed are the pure in spirit. For they shall see God. Their, their spirit is like a transparent glass. It's not tinted. There is no dirt on it. So their spirit is open and able to see and experience God. Why? It is your spirit that contacts God. So he said the true worshipers must worship God in spirit and in truth. So if you want to worship God in spirit and in truth, your spirit must be that clear of impurities. And when your spirit is clear of impurities, you can experience God on a higher level. Now, you can see somebody and say, oh, this person's heart is not pure. You can never really tell. Because sometimes, some people's actions around them may look like they are bad. But their heart, their heart is big. And that was David. David did so many things wrong. But the Bible said, this man is a man after my heart. His heart is pure before the Lord, not before man. Men can call you, uh, oh, look at this powerful sister. Look at this good sister. But maybe in your heart, your heart is not right. And you could do the right thing. And yet, your heart is not pure. So the Bible talks about Maziah. The Bible said this king did what was right in the eyes of God. But his heart was not loyal. His heart was not right. Why? When he came back, all the people that killed his father, he came back and revenged and killed all of them. There was bitterness in his heart. Bitterness in his heart. And these are the things that destroy us. Things in the soul comes in. And when you don't deal with them, it enters your spirit. Number one, ego. Everybody has ego. Or you don't have one. Oh. Hey, church. Do we have ego? Yeah. yeah, and there's nothing wrong in having ego. God placed it there. Anything God placed in your in you is not bad. We have to manage it. Hallelujah. Clap your hands for the Lord. So, ego is a type that uh, I'm proud of myself. There's nothing wrong in being proud of yourself because that's not spiritual pride you believe in what God has made you if you are short you are proud of your shortness you are proud of what God has made you, you are not looking down on yourself, that is a high self esteem, there's nothing wrong with that one, if you are proud Ghanaian, there's nothing wrong to be a proud Ghanaian. if you are proud Nodna, a proud Fanti, a proud Hausa, a proud Krobo, there's nothing wrong with that one because that is self esteem. If you are proud, Pesco, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that because your school is so good, you are proud of them. Oh, you are, why are you looking at me like that? The same way with your school, too. Clap your hands for God. There is nothing, there is nothing wrong with that. But now, if that ego is stepped on and said and can lead you to fight somebody, that becomes a spiritual pride. Because it makes you look down on other people. Because you are from so-so and so part of the country, you look down upon this other tribe. And you are not just a proud so-so and so. You, that what you're causing has become spiritual pride. And pride is in the spirit. It's in the spirit. It will enter your spirit. And when it enters your spirit, it becomes a pollutant. The first, the first sin that was revealed in the Bible was pride. And so God does not joke with pride. So many people can be walking around. They may not know that they are proud, but they are very proud. Now, introverts, they, they might, they might, they might storm me, but it's okay. Introverts are one of the proud people. They don't like fellowship. Because it is in fellowship that is where your real character is revealed. But when you are by yourself, you think you are okay. Your patience has not been tested. Your love has not been tested because you are always by yourself watching Netflix. So you think that you are okay. Some of the most introvert people push them to the wall. Then their character will come out. You'll be amazed they can slap you. You'll be amazed the words they use. Their pride, their ego has been hurt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you something in the book of acts oh clap your hands if i'm teaching yeah. acts chapter 2 verse 42 this is why you can't joke with church acts 2 verse 42 and they continued steadfastly not what anyway but what steadfastly in the apostles doctrine now, when we come to church, doctrine is very important. Doctrine means that teachings. That is why on Sunday morning, I don't come and crack jokes and make you excited. I teach expository teachings, line by line, precept by precept, because I don't want to waste your time. You are too precious for me to waste your time to be telling you how Goliath took the stone and road, 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 rode, rode, rode. No, I'm giving you precept by precept line by line, so that the word of God will be exposed to you, so that your life can be transformed. (laughs) Clap your hands for the Lord. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. It means that the teachings of the apostles, they continued in it. Now, there is a teaching here in the Macarius Avenue. There are things we don't allow. You must continue in that teaching. The church is universal, Catholic in its operation, but very localized. Very Localized. You cannot joke with the local church. That is where God puts his power. So all Christians are the same all over the world, but we are localized in our operations. Meaning, the guy who goes with method is different from the guy that is going to Presby. by what they eat. But they are all Christians. The guy born in Ghana is different from the American, but we are all human beings. America is part of the universe but america the economy of america is better the economy of ghana by every standard clap it. oh so you can't say that oh but we are all christians and every church is the same every church is not the same paul's disciples were different from peter's disciples because paul was the hand who had the real revelation So, Peter's disciples were being taught things according to what Peter saw, that Jesus did. So, Paul taught what Jesus of Nazareth did, Peter. But, Paul taught what the resurrected Jesus is doing. Clap your hands for God. So, the two of them cannot be the same. Peter had more crowd than Paul. Because in Jerusalem, he was the big bishop in Jerusalem. And Paul had churches, small, small, small. Maybe a church with 10 people. Another church here with 15 people. If you judge it by the size, you will lose. Because Paul's disciples had meat. No wonder Aquila and Priscilla, they saw uh, Apollos. The Bible says he was a man fervent in the spirit. He was full of scriptures. Where he was preaching and said, saints of God. John chapter this, verse 10, and he was preaching. And Paul's disciples, Aquila and Priscilla, they sat down and said, no... This is all what this guy know. John baptism, and he said there is a Bepta baptism, called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and all that was taught to them by Paul, and he Aquila and like after Apollos, a man full of scriptures, fervent in the Spirit, has finished teaching. The Bible said they called him aside and taught him the more excellent way. There is a more excellent way. Now when you are in the Macarius Avenue, you know the excellent way. Clap your hands for God. Oh, if I'm teaching good, you got to clap for God. The quality of your pastor will determine the quality of your Christian life. That is why I can't waste your time. That is why I can to mean to me an answer. Me more. more quality Christian life. If you believe that I'm a quality pastor, let it be from your heart. Don't say I say clap. Say, I clap. <laughs> now, and they continue steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Let me jump the fellowship. I'll come today. And in breaking of bread and in prayers, four things that God left for us that the church must continually to do. This is what, this is how church is about. Local church, this is what we are supposed to be doing. Every form of socialization is just adapt. This is what you are supposed to do. Drink up is just an adapt. Trips is is an adapt. Marriage seminars is an adapt. Because if we do this, our marriages will be okay. I'm telling you, if you can continue steadfastly in the doctrine that you have heard. This teaching, we have taught it over and over and over and over. If you continue, you can't fight with your husband. You can't fight with your wife. You will not quarrel. But when you are not continuing, that's what there is trouble. If you continue in fellowship, now fellowship is where the big deal is. God knows that he has put patience in your heart. He has put love in your heart. He has put long suffering. But that long suffering cannot be tested outside fellowship. So a group of believers must come together and we are all at different stage of growth so that the baby Christian can cause you some trouble that is why a guy will come to church and say can you lend me 2,000 and not pay it back, he showing you long suffering and he said, a brother and somebody will say that why are the people in the church doing this, no, he is part of the church, he is born again spirit filled, having booked and confirmed but he has some character and God will use him to test you And you have to learn it. You can only learn it in fellowship. That is why when things are happening, you say, I don't want to be part of the brethren. It means that you have shown that you are wiser than God. You don't want fellowship. And that is introverts. They come to church. They don't want to mingle with anybody. They say, ask for me. Ask for me. They think that they are patient. And the only way their character is revealed is in a stronger fellowship called marriage. So... Most of the guys they see ladies and chairs say, we do you you're very ding pound. You don't know her. he has not The person has not expressed their character to you. Uh-huh. So the person is so questioning who you? Oh Jesus. Their wonness must be shown in the fellowship of the brethren. And when you begin to fellowship with her one-on-one, that is why you realize that she can get very angry. Yeah. That is why you realize she can use box iron on your head. Yeah. Because it is in fellowship. So when people come to they don't want to fellowship in anybody. They are hiding their character. So introverts have hidden their character from the real world. So they are always by themselves. Wait, wait till some of those people talk. I'm very careful nowadays okay. to, to say this person or you power, and they introduce you to the person. Oh. I will never do it again. Some people have shown me pepper. Ah. Because we told the person come to church, it's required when we are worshiping. Oh Lord, I want ah. <laughs> to know your glory. They realize that and you glory in Look at somebody and say fellowship with me. And let me know your real character. Fellowship. With me. Shake the person and say, hey, fellowship with me. That is why when two people start relationship and they don't talk often, you will not know the person's character. We have to be talking and talking because if you talk a lot, you will be exposed because you you can't you can't be lying every time. You lie today. We, we talk about it by the time you you tell another thing. Then I now realize the inconsistency in your words. Then I know who I'm fellowshipping with. Look at somebody and say, If you are quiet, I don't trust you. Yeah. Tell the guy, forget about it. Look at another person. If you are too quiet, I don't trust you. Clap your hands for God. Some of you marry some people and later you realize that where? This person was looking through Jesus. Oh Jesus. And now when you started fellowshipping, they realize that the characters begin to be revealed. Because it is in fellowship that's why our, our true nature is revealed. Because our true nature is in our spirit. It is not in our soul. So the soulish things can come in. The soulish things. Can, the, the guy say, I love you till I die. Oh, I love you, die. Then fellowship comes in and there is a cockroach and he runs and leaves you. Then you realize that even cockroach is running. Then you know that it's just mere words. That is not the state of his character. Father, any impurity in our spirit, let it come out. Oh, clap your hands for God. I've just saved you. So this is where that is why when we come to church and people get offended, they pull away. If you get offended, we will fellowship with you. That is why we can notice offense. Anytime somebody is offended, and I am 100% right, not 99.9.9, 100%, because I have seen how offended people behave. When somebody is offended, they are fellowship, they cut fellowship. That is the beginning sign of offense. They don't want to join any department again. They resign from the department. Then they come to church, they sit at the back. The one who used to sit in front. And when we say, say amen, they don't say amen. If the person was not used to say amen, fine. But the person who used to say amen now doesn't say amen. Their fellowship is broken. And this thing is not exclusive to church fellowship. It's, as, it's also for your own relationship. You can notice that the guy is cold when you answer. He says yes. The guy will say, hello, sweetheart. Now he say, yes. yes what is happening? Yeah oh is there anything no they realize that the sentences is one two words you cannot there is an offense three letter words there is an offense clap your hands for god you don't need to be a prophet because it's a psychological makeup it helps you just pull yourself and there is no offended person who knows that they're offended not one i've not met one Anytime I see an offended person in this church, I've told them you are offended. They will argue it out. I can have meetings with them. They will prove to me with sentence and diagrams and pie charts hey! Hey! how they are not offended. But the end of it, their disposition and their character show that they are offended. And that has become an impurity of the soul. All offense is because your ego was trampled upon and you didn't settle it. And that ego now transferred from your soul into your spirit and it became pride. And it become pride. You see yourself above all the brethren. And you say, if that is how they are, I cannot fellowship with them. You have set yourself above the brethren. It means you are better than the brethren. And most of the time, check their own lives. If God is supposed to put his spotlight on them, you realize there are many faults of them also. Look at somebody. If you're offended, let's certainly tell the guy. Are you sure you are here? Now I'll come back to this. So this is where we fellowship. That's why next Sunday is our, our dress down Sunday. And we'll be fellowshipping. When we close, we'll be having drinks and, all, and we'll be fellowship. Don't be the one that say, Ask for me. Is he only drinking me? I can drink the drink in your house. We all know that you have drink in your house. But you must drink the drink in the church. <laughs> Clap your hands for God. Look at somebody say, I love to fellowship with you. Let's fellowship. Let me know you. Can amen? Can the amen be louder? Then he said, In breaking of bread, we might be breaking bread in the church, but Paul came and changed this breaking of bread because now when people came to church, people brought your love, people, and it became a problem. So Paul now got a revelation that this is becoming a problem in the church. He said, in the night that Jesus was betrayed, this is what I've received of the Lord. In the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he has broken, he said, this is my body. And he took uh, wine. After he had done, he said that this is the cup of the new testament. And he said, let a man do this thing often. And as often as we do this, we remember the Lord's death. Hallelujah. And he said, many has taken this thing unworthily, and because they have taken it unworthily, many die. And most of them, in some churches, they think that this thing is about fornication. This is beyond that one. When he says that if you drink of the cup unworthily, it means that you are the one that doesn't forgive. Because the blood of Jesus came to cleanse us from sin. And Jesus says that As I forgive you you forgive the brethren. So forgiveness is a fruit of the spirit. We learn to forgive because Jesus forgave us. Hey, is somebody here with me. Jesus has forgiven, so God will forgive. That is why this thing, our Christian life, the part of forgiveness is the most difficult part. Because the guy is so wrong, he has so hurt you, yet Jesus said, forgive. And it's not easy. If you didn't forgive and you took the communion, he said that you have undermined the blood. You are taking it unworthily. Now, if you take the body unworthily, it means that the one that despises the brethren, tramples down upon the brethren, gossips about the brethren, pulls down the brethren, do things against the brethren, swindles the brethren. Then he comes and breaks the body. He said, Many die because of this. So if I have an issue with the brethren, I will solve it. Is somebody hearing me?